You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. The goal and, and really the, uh, the thesis of, of this series is this. We all have hopes in our life. And, and, and I've never met anyone that has downward hopes, right? Like no one hopes that their life crashes, right? Like that's, that's just not a thing. And, and, and so we all have hopes, but a lot of us, we have downhill habits. We have uphill hopes, but downward habits. And so this series is, is an opportunity to, for, for me to share with you what I believe four habits that if you can begin to implement in your life, then it'll set you on the trajectory of, of going upward. And so uh, this week we're, we're uh, concluding it. Next week we're starting off a brand new series entitled The God I Never Knew. And we're going to do six-week series on the Holy Spirit. And, and so uh, I know a lot of us, we came from different backgrounds and upbringings. And even me saying we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you're like, oh, it's going to get weird. I promise you it won't. And, and we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in the way that he was meant to be looked at. And, and so we're stripping away all of the weirdness that we've maybe been taught, that we've seen and uh, it's going to be a great opportunity to, to, look, uh, to look into uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit. And so that's going to start next week. But our theme for this series is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. How many of you know that's easy to do? That's easy. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Hey, I want you to know God brings the best out of you. And he develops well-formed maturity in you. He brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. This morning, uh, for all you note takers, I want to talk to you from the subject, to be continued. To be continued. Um, I, I had this, uh, I, I, this, this week four, I wanted to go a different way with this, but I felt like God wanted me to go this way with it. And so, um, so to be continued. To be continued. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to be here and to and to listen to your word, God, to fellowship with one another, but also to, to hang out with you, God. And so I pray right now that, that you would speak to our hearts. God, we want to leave changed better than how we came in. God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. God, we thank you for the anointing over this church and what you've called this community of believers to be and to do. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I have three children. I have a seven-year-old, I have a five-year-old, and I have a five-month-year-old. Yes, there's a gap there. Um, but I've learned within those three ages, really my sweet spot with, with kids is, is the seven and, and older. Like I love... I, I, love, I love my two little kids that are under seven, but, but I, love, I love my seven and older. I get to hang out with them. They can communicate with me. Uh, they, uh, they, they hang out with, my, my son hangs out. And so I love it. Like, that's my sweet spot. And I told my wife, if we have another 
child that the baby needs to come out as a seven-year-old. <laughs> if only, if only. And so, so, um, so that's my sweet spot, seven-year-olds. However, there is one area in parenting that, that I really love uh, five and, and under, and it has to do with story time. My kids love story time. I love reading to them. That's a lie. I don't really like reading to them, but I do it because that's kind of like, that's what you do as a parent, right? And so, um, so, so, so my, my daughter, she likes it when I read to her, and she's at that age where she doesn't know how to read yet. And, and so, and this is why I like this age, because when she hands me a book that is wordy and has a lot of words, um, I, I can fake it. There could be a thousand words on one page. I could say three sentences. All right, turn the page, baby girl. And she doesn't know. And I love that. And so, so story time comes. This was about a couple weeks ago. I'm reading to her, and she picks out this book on princesses. Jesus, help me. And so I start, I start to read it to her, and we're reading this, this book, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm getting kind of bored. I just want to hang out with my wife. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make up things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create the narrative of this story. And so I just begin reading to her, like, what the picture looks like. And she's just, I'm, I'm looking at her to see if she's catching on, and she's just, she, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And then all of a sudden, my son comes in the room, and he's like, Daddy, I want to join you guys. Now, my son is, proficient, is a proficient reader. He loves reading, and he's very good at reading. Every grade that he's in, he's in above grade in reading, and so he, he reads very good. And so we're sitting down, and, and, and I'm just hoping that my son doesn't blow my cover. And so I'm reading, and I'm making up words, and I'm making up the story. I'm telling my own narrative, and my son all of a sudden says, Daddy, that's not what it says. I said, shut up, leave. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. And I was like, no, Eli, you don't know what you're talking about. And I, and I keep doing what I'm trying to do, and all of a sudden he's like, Daddy, but that's not what it says. And all of a sudden, my little girl, she's confused. She's, she, you can tell on her face because she, there's two narratives going on. There's what daddy is saying and then what her brother is saying. There's one narrative that's the truth that, that, or that's making things up and trying to get her, convince her. And then there's another narrative where that, that's actual that he's trying. And, and so I, I'm still trying to read and Eli's like, that's not how it goes. And my poor little girl, she's sitting there and she's confused. She's like, what narrative, what story am I supposed to identify with? Where am, what am I supposed to be understanding? Pretty soon, my son, after so many times of telling me it's wrong, it's wrong, I said, baby girl, your brother's right. I'm just making up stuff. He'll read to you tonight. Good night. <laughs> and so praise God, he likes to read. But I was thinking about this idea of having two narratives. This idea that there's one narrative of trying to get my daughter to understand. There's another narrative trying to get my daughter to understand. And it dawned on me that this is really what life is. That whether you know it or not, the creator God, when he created you, that he, he wrote a narrative to your story. But within this journey called life, there are really two narratives that are jarring at your attention. The Apostle Paul in the Bible, he, 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 
He identifies these two narratives. Uh, the first narrative he, does, he identifies as the flesh. And so there's this narrative called the flesh that, that really is trying to tell you a narrative that life is all about you. Life is what you want. Life is all about how you feel. It's about putting you first. It's about putting your desires first. And this is the narrative over here, the narrative number one. But then Paul, he also identifies this other narrative, narrative two. And, and this narrative is really this uh, living by the Spirit of God. And this uh, narrative right here, it's, it's super, it's very counter to the flesh because the, the, the narrative over here of the spirit, it's all about, hey, learning how to surrender and submit to God. Amen. That your desires are now linked up with God's desires. And so it's no longer really my life now, but it's, it's, I'm now subjected because I surrendered my life, right, salvation. I, I've now surrendered my life to Jesus, and so whatever you want, I'm going to do. And so these, there's these two narratives, the flesh and the spirit, that are jarring after you. Now, we know that as, if you're here this morning and you are a Jesus follower, a believer, a Christian, that, um, that the, the narrative in which was designed for us to listen to was the spirit. And this idea that, that we, we learn and we respond to what, what God is is trying to convey to us and, and have us do. And, and, and so we're here this morning, and, and there's really two groups. There's one group here, and, and um, you, you're a believer, you're a Jesus follower. Um, and maybe if you're, uh, you're not here and you're a believer, uh, you're here and maybe you're just trying to figure out life, you're trying to figure out faith, and, and I'm glad that you're here too. But here, here, here is the deal, no matter where you lie, whether you're Christian, non-Christian, Here's, here's what is very important to understand. That on our journey of learning to surrender and live by the Spirit, right, to live in, in surrender to what God is desiring and wanting, there comes a time in life where it gets tiring. There, there comes a time when we're serving God and and situations happen and, and life happens that are not conducive to what we like. And all of a sudden, man, we just become weary. Maybe this is me, but there's some times where, I was like, where I'm thinking, man, this, this faith thing, is it really even worth it? Because it would be way easier for me to live by my flesh. It'd be way easier for me to do whatever I want to do to live within the comfort zone of my life. We actually see this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. The, the apostle Paul, he, he writes this, and it's as if he knew, like, this struggle that we would be going through. And he writes this, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. Now, before we go further, I want to identify a couple things in this little passage that I think is very important. The first thing is this. He says, don't grow weary in doing good. Now, it's important to understand the context of good that Paul is referring to. Uh, he's not talking about how you define good because that's a moving target. Right? What I think is good is going to be different than what you think is good and what you think is good. And so when Paul says, don't, let us not become weary in doing good, he's not referring to our 
our definition of good, but in fact, he identifies it in the verse prior, verse 8, and he says this, that doing good is us learning to live by the Spirit of God. Living with the Spirit of God, surrendering our life and, and desires and motives to the Spirit of God. And he says, let us not become weary in doing it, in doing good. So in, in this moment of us doing good, in this moment of us um, uh, surrendering our lives and, and, and really subjecting ourselves to who God is, surrendering ourselves to who God is, he says, let us not become weary. Some translation says, let us not become tired. I think about the very few times that I've ever worked out. And... <laughs> And uh, we used to do, the, a couple guys from the church, we would work out at, at uh, this gym, and, and we would do, like, sets. And in between sets, it was an opportunity to rest. And so I remember we would, we'd be doing it, and, and just I would we'd get to the break time, and I'm so tired. I just want to rest, right? And I'm so tired. What I do, and this is the worst thing possible, I get down, oh, and I lie down. <laughs> and I'm lying there. And then they're like, okay, hey, it's time for the second set. And I'm like, I don't even want to move. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm weary. And this is what Paul is, is really uh, painting this picture of, this idea that when we become weary, don't become weary in doing good. And watch the second half of this verse. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So Paul, he's painting this beautiful picture of you and I, of, of doing good, of, of those who are believers, just learning to surrender your life to who God is and what he desires. And, and that in this moment, it's going to be tiring sometimes. And you're going to want to just, i got to take a break. I'm tired. But in those moments, he's saying, hey, don't grow weary to keep going, because if you do, he says, you will reap a harvest. So there's something that God has in store for you and for me, that if we keep working and keep um, uh, faithful to, to this pursuit, that there's something that God has for us at the end of the rainbow. If we don't give up if we don't stay down. And so this morning, habit number four is this. Simply don't stay down. Don't stay down. Don't stay down. The book of Acts has this beautiful depiction of what this really looks like, of growing weary and not giving up and, and not growing tired. And so what I want to do within the next remaining moments that we have together, I want to read you guys a story in Acts, and then I want, I have three observations that I, I just want to pull out and, 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 and see if that we can relate to it, and then, and then we'll be done. And so here's the story, Acts chapter 20, verse 7 through 9. It says this, on the first day of the week, we gathered with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. My God. <laughs> the upstairs room 
where we met was lit, lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. My goodness. Hey, I, I feel like y'all are blessed already. Let's just end. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you. <laughs> Woo. See, some of y'all ain't going to doze off now. You're like, I don't want to fall off my chair and die. So this morning, I want to pull three observations from that story that I think that we can learn from. And this pursuit of not staying down. So observation number one is this. Situations happen. Situations happen. Here's uh, Paul. It's his last night before he leaves town. He, he, so he, he feels like there's a lot that he wants to share before he leaves. So much so, the author, which most believe is, is Luke, he uh, he writes that, that Paul, he came in, he started preaching, but he didn't stop just after 30 minutes, after an hour. But like he kept talking and talking and talking. So much so that the author uh, thought it was very useful for us to know that he was preaching and it was midnight. That's a long time. And so, so here he is, he, he's preaching Till midnight, and, and so here, here's the other observation that, that is very important that the author thought it was important for us to know. Not only was he preaching till midnight, but also he was in a room where there are flickering lights going on, flickering. Those little candles throwing off some heat. And so here you are, you're in a room, a lot of bodies, and it's late. You're tired as it is. It's midnight. But, but the, also the room is not conducive to you staying up because it's lit, light, it's lit low and, and the flickering lights are going on. It's nice and warm. Mm. And all of a sudden you start looking like you, sir, back there. I'm just, I'm just kidding. There's no one back there. <laughs> and it's just... He's getting tired. And the Bible says that because it was midnight, because the room was, was not conducive to Eutychus staying up, the Bible says that all of a sudden Eutychus, he started dozing off. He was like, he's dozing off. And that weariness, it led him falling out the window. Now here's what I want you to understand when, when I say situations happen is that notice where Eutychus is not. Eutychus is not in the club doing whatever he wants to do and all of a sudden there's situations that happen that causes death. Notice that uh, Eutychus is not at a party doing whatever you do at a party. And the situations around him happen that causes death. 
I think it's very important to, to understand that Eutychus was at church. Having church, listening, you, you have to believe that he was there because he wanted to hear something good. Like he, you have to believe that he was at service to, to hear Paul's last word because there is something that he wanted to hear. You have to believe that, that Eutychus was wanting to grow in some way. See, none of you are here this morning, well, maybe not, because someone drugged, drugged you, dragged you, or drugged, either way. <laughs> <laughs> you here this morning. But for the majority of us, we're here this morning because we, wanted, we want to grow a little bit. And so I have to believe that Eutychus, he, he was there and he wanted to grow, that there was something inside of him that, that wanted some change, and yet in spite of him doing something good, situations happen. See, I believe the... That, that if you and I, if we are going to learn to not stay down, that we have to understand and grab hold of the idea that just because we're trying to do something good for our lives doesn't mean that that keeps us immune from situations happening. I think it's very easy to assume that, man, I'm doing good because I'm doing this faith thing, because I'm loving Jesus, because I'm trying to pursue Jesus, that I'm immune to anything bad that can possibly happen to me. And, the, and what happens is that the moment something does happen, the moment the situations around us, the, the flickering lights happen and, and it gets late, that moment those things happen, we all of a sudden, we look at God and we're like, what is going on? This faith thing is broken. God, you're not working. God, you're mad at me. And when you have that understanding, the moment situations happen, we look and we're like, God, this is not supposed to be happening to me. Happening to me. I'm done. So many people that I know that I've that that have served God and loved God, when, when something happened, they were not expecting it. And, and because they, they didn't understand that things happen, situations happen, they're no longer serving God right now. So this morning, I want to reveal behind the curtain and let you know that just because you love Jesus, it doesn't keep you from things happening. And that's not something to discourage you, but it should encourage you. So that next time something happens, you know, God, you're not angry at me. Next time something happens, that you don't, and you're like, not, you don't say, God, you hate me, because that's not true. I love what Jesus tells his apostles in, in uh, I believe it's Matthew. Or, um, yeah, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus, he's talking to his apostles, letting them know, how to, um, how to forgive and who to forgive. And uh, Jesus says, or the disciples are, are saying, do we only forgive those who are not our enemies? And Jesus is like, no. But he goes on and he says this, for he, he being God, gives his sunlight to both evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. As if to say, 
situations happen. But hold on. It's good. So observation number one, situations happen. Observation number two is this. See it as seasonal. See it as seasonal. So here, here is Eutychus. He's in this room. He's sitting on the window ledge. Somewhere. American Tales? Nobody, huh? Beneath the pebble <laughs> Here he is. He's sitting on the window ledge. It's late. He's tired. The room is warm. The lights are flickering. It's dim. They got some Kenny G playing in the back. And he's like. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that it was too much for him. And he fell down three stories. To his death. And then they put a period right there. Can we put that verse up, verse 9, or is it 8 of Acts? I'm sorry, I'm throwing them off. Oh, look at that, that was fast. It said, it said, look at this, look at this. Finally, he fell sound asleep, and he dropped three stories to his death below, period. Period. See, but I'm learning that in all situations that happen, you have a choice to see how it ends. That in all situations that you have a choice to read it as the end or to be continued. See, it's very easy to stop at that verse and be like, oh, he died. Let's move on to a different story. Poor Eutychus. He, he's gone. He, he, he's dead. There's nothing. Nothing else can happen. But I love I love that when the author saw period. Come on, Jesus saw to be continued. See, this morning, whatever situation you are going through, it's very easy to view your situation with a period at the end. I'm sick, period. God will never work, period. My marriage will never work, period. This generational curse will always overtake me, period. And it's very easy to see your situation. It's period. The end. But I want to tell you this morning that it's a to be continued. I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever situation you're going through, you got to see it as seasonal. It's seasonal. When you understand that whatever you're going through is just for a season. Here's the thing with seasons is that they change. And so though it may be dark right now, my God, stay with it. Stay with it. That season, it'll come to it. While I've been going through the season for 20 years, stick with it. Well, I've been dealing with this for, hey, stay with it. Because I'm so convinced, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, that he came that we could have life 
to the fullest. And so I believe that life to the fullest is not just eternity, but down here on earth. And so I'm understanding that Jesus, there's something full for me. Like, he has a life for me that may not be situation-free, but he has something, God has something in store for me that is good. And if it's not good, then I'm believing it is not finished. Come on, somebody. And he wants to do something, but you got to see it through the lens of a season that what he's doing right now, I don't get it, but it's a season. See, if I could see it as a season, I can muster up the strength to keep pressing on. When I, when I don't understand it as a season, then I'm like, there is no hope. But when I see it through the lens of a season, that it's only seasonal, I can keep going. I got to keep going. Here we go. Here it is. Observation number three. Come on. You need a Paul. You need a Paul. So here it is. The story. Eutychus, he's, he's over there American tailing it. He falls out of the window. He crashed and Like he's dead. The author, he said he was dead below. That's period. But I'm so glad for Paul. See, because could you imagine the crowd? They're like, oh, he fell down. Like the if someone fell through that window right now, like y'all would just be like, not even paying attention to me. You're like, ah, 911. And so you'd have to believe that through this commotion, that whatever's happening, that, that Paul's like, okay, I gotta stop. No one's paying attention to me. Someone just fell out the window. And everyone's crowded around the window. I would imagine they're crowded around the window and they're saying, oh, he's dead below. He's dead. He's, he's uh, he, uh. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. <laughs> he's down below. And, uh, and, and here he is, he's dead. And so you would have to imagine everyone is like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, thank God, there's a Paul. <clears throat> Excuse me, because the Bible says that Paul, he, he went downstairs, three stories. And this is what's so interesting. You could read the text. But Paul, it said that the Bible, uh, the Bible says that Paul, the author, Luke, wrote that Paul went down. And he put his arms around Eutychus. And then he let go. And he walked back upstairs. And he said, don't worry, he's okay. <laughs> what? Come on, we need a Paul in our life. And here's why Paul is so important. First reason why Paul is so important is because when everyone else saw the end, Paul said, no, it's a to-be-continued. You need someone in your life who is going to tell you when everyone else says it's done, it's over. You need someone in your life that says, no, it's okay. No, he's not done with you. He has more for you. He's still writing your story. Come on. 
He's still doing something in your life. And we need a Paul in our life. But here's why else I think we need a Paul. It's because Paul not only gave hope and not only spoke life into the situation, but here's, here's what else Paul did, and this is what I love. Paul did not coddle Eutychus. Paul, Paul should have, because he's human, he should have went down there and been like, oh, oh you're okay. Hey, someone, hey, someone, come here, come on. He's bleeding. Let's, that's what he should have done. That's what a normal human would have done. Come on, come on, help him. But not Paul. Paul said he hugged him and he left. I think we have too many people around us that are coddling us rather than hugging us and leaving us. I think we have too many people around us who are like, oh, baby, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't you worry. It's going to be fine. You'll, oh, come here, come here. Let me hold you. Oh, oh. We need people in our life who say to us, hey, it's okay. Now get up. Because here's the thing about when, 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 when we have people around us that are just, that'll coddle us and, and hold us tight. Like, we all want that. We all desire. I want that. But here's the thing with that. If the whole goal is trying to get back up, no, hey, baby, just stay down there. It's okay. You're hurt. You're injured. No, hey, baby, it's okay. You just stay there. You, you just lie down. You just fell down. Stay there. Don't get up. I want to get up. No, no, you just stay down. It's okay. You're injured. And I think there's so many of us relying on the ground because we have people around us say, hey, it's okay, just wait. You're okay, stay down. It's okay. Hey, 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 you just had a great injury. Stay still. I know you just went through that hard situation. Don't move. It's okay. But here's the deal. We're called to get up. We're called to stand up, but we can't stand up as long as people are holding us down. Come on. We need a Paul in our life. We need someone to say, hey, I know you just went through a whole bunch of stuff. I know your situations that you've just gone through, and it's horrible. And, and I can't even imagine what you've gone through. But God still wants to use you through your pain. God still wants to use you through your hurt. God still wants to use you with what you're going through. See, I think when we have people that coddle us, not only does it keep us down, but it also reopens wounds. I think I'm ready to go back to church. No, you just still need to rest. You just went through a divorce. Whoosh. Ah, that hurt. Come on. We need a Paul. 
We need a Paul in our lives. I love that every time my lead team comes to me and they're like, hey, I'm going through something. I'm like, let's pray, but, but you're not going to quit. <laughs> Why? Because they need a Paul. They need someone in their lives to say, hey, it's not over. That stunk what you went through, but get up. Come on, hey, don't stay down. We have to get in the habit of not staying down. When we get down, get back up. And here's the thing, and this is my close this morning. With all three of those observations, here's something that I think is very vital for us to know. Knowing that situations happen, knowing that, it's always the middle one, I forget. Knowing that it's seasonal, come on. Knowing that you need a Paul, here's the deal. Those three alone will not help us in our journey of becoming good and serving. Those situations that we go through, we can't go through them by ourselves. And, and so in closing this morning, I just want to read this verse to you. And we can just close our eyes because I'm, I'm done. And I'm, I'm going to declare this over your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the situations that you're going through. But I know that you're, it's getting weary. It's getting heavy. But I believe the word of the Lord to you this morning is don't give up. Don't stay down. Here, I want to read this to you. Psalms chapter 145, 14. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Whatever you're carrying, no matter how heavy it is, the Lord wants to help you this morning. The Lord wants to help you. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.